Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yes, as we culminate from this month, this month, Jumad al-Akhir, saw the departure of two great Sahaba, Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidillah and Hazrat Zubair bin Awam, because the sad event took place in our history called Jamal. And uh, in this expedition, these two Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, passed on. And there were many others as well. This incident of Jamal is a sad event in our history, but it shows us that, you know, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees something, it will only happen as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. And there's events that happen that we can't change. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anhu also would regret that. But she would say that this was Allah's decree. She tried to bring the Ummah together, but the forces of Batil came in between them, came amidst them, not wanting them to unify. And subhanAllah, this is a very pertinent lesson for us as an Ummah. Even though we'll go on to incidents of Rajab, but as Muhammad Sahib was saying that, I said, let's just share in the last few minutes, and I was sitting to ponder over what to share with the Ummah. This event of Jamal, where Sahaba radiallahu anhum were trying to find the best solution. And the best solution was unity. And the forces of Batil who caused trouble, they were scared of the Ummah uniting. Mm. Like Abdullah bin Sabah was among those who killed, who assassinated Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu anhum. And these people, this group of people, who were forcing Hazrat Uthman to step down, and they came in as rebels, and they caused trouble. After Hazrat Uthman anhu was shaheed, Hazrat Ali anhu was made the Khalifa. But what happened there was, those who assassinated Hazrat Uthman had mixed themselves into the communities. And Hazrat Ali anhu wanted to get things in order, and then resort to solving that issue. Now there was another opinion. Other Sahaba felt that has to be solved first. Anyway, at this juncture of Jamal, where Hazrat Talha, Zubair, and Aisha on the one side, and Hazrat Ali anhu on the other side, they actually met up and consulted and came to terms of unity. That okay, let's unite. This is how we're going to resolve to the solution. This is how we're going to find solutions. And when this mashura had taken place, the rebels then realized that now when the ummah unites, we're going to get exposed. We have to let them still continue their fight. And this was always the strategy of the force of party. If we look at the Jews in Medina Munawara as well, how they would control the system in Medina Munawara by making the tribes of Medina, Aus and Khazraj fight by feuding and funding and enticing wars, the system throughout history, then sell them weapons and then loan them exorbitant amounts, charging them usually uh, to, in, in the, in the, so, so that they are indebted to you using these strategies. Like here now, what did they resort to? They said, we have to split up now. Up till then, they were in one group. They were under Hazrat Ali. 
at that time. They were camouflaged there. Now they realized that we have to split up some here, some there. But at the time of Tahajjud, when the Sahaba are praying, we have to come out and attack them. But how we're going to do it is, those who are attacking Ali radiallahu anhu's men will pretend, from the rebels, will pretend as though we're coming from the side of Talha and Zubayr. And those who are attacking, those busy in Tahajjud, in the, in the side of Hazrat Talha and Zubayr, will pretend as though we come and hail from the men of Ali radiallahu anhu. And that's the sounds and the slogans we will call out. And this is how they aroused this battle. It caused such a sad repercussion. But also when Rasulullah looked at Talha, he said that Talha is a shaheed walking on this earth. So yes, Sahaba did what they understood was right, and they all are Jannatis. But this is the lesson we learn, that how the forces of Batil will try from within to create hatred, animosity, and break our lines. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to learn from this event of Jamal, to see good in each other, to uplift each other, to work forward, to look forward, to try hard. Allah ta'ala help us. But as Hazrat Mawlana was mentioning, incidents in Rajab, among the very, very interesting ones, is that the preferred view concerning uh, Al-Mi'raj is actually Rajab. There's different views concerning the Mi'raj, but one of the preferred views is on this night, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was taken from the home of Hazrat Ummu Hani Fakhita. Was his cousin? He went to visit the couple, and then in one of the rooms he was resting. And then he was awakened by Jibreel alayhi salam and taken by night on the Buraq to Baytul Maqdis. And there he met the Anbiya alayhi musalawatu min Allahi wa taslimat in Baytul Maqdis. He met the Anbiya alayhi musalam and there's amazing khutbahs presented by the Anbiya alayhi musalam and Rasulullah sallallahu khutbah. We should actually refer to Hazrat Mawlana Muhammad Idris Kandahi rahmatullahi's book on Sirah where he quotes these advisors of the Anbiya in Baytul Maqdis. Imagine how pertinent and how Important are those advisors for us, especially Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's words in his khutbah where he praised Allah ta'ala and he spoke of Allah's bounties and he spoke about the status of his ummah to the anbiya alayhi musalawatu bin Allah wa taslimah. And imagine what an amazing prayer is a prayer in Madinah Munawwara wherein there was Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Uthman, Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Abu Salama bin Abdul Asad, Hazrat Uthman bin Mazroon, all these Sahaba Kiram, anhum, the leader being and the Imam being Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi What an amazing salah would that be? But you know what? There is a greater salah. That salah in Masjid Aqsa, wherein. Subhanallah. In the environs was Hazrat Ibrahim Khalilullah, Hazrat Adam Safiullah, Hazrat Isa Ruhullah, Hazrat Suleiman alayhi salam, Dawood alayhi salam, Zakaria alayhi salam, Yahya alayhi salam, Ayyub alayhi salam, and so many, many Anbiya alayhi salawatu min Allahi wa taslimah. The adhan being rendered 
Who is to be ushered as Imam? None other than Subhanallah. From all the Anbiya alayhi wasalam, the galaxy of Anbiya, ushered forward is Janab Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the greatest of Allah's creation, the paragon of Allah's creation, the pride of Allah's creation. Subhanallah. Something very pertinent for you and I in this topic to share with all mankind is, you know, there are so many Christians and Jews and Hindus and whatever their religion, atheists, who don't know Muhammad sallallahu There are so many people out there who have never heard a message of Islam any time in their life. I was with family members of mine uh, just a few days ago after Limpopo. There's an area where there was this resort. So one morning, uh, it was probably this last Monday, so we're making some tasbih outside there, outside this uh, chalet or this rondavel. And I'm seeing all the stars come in. So I approach them and ask them for a few minutes, just showing you how easy it is. And I started speaking to them. And as I spoke, it was maybe three or four minutes. And there was a crowd of the other staff all entering and all standing there wanting to hear what is this message about Islam. Basically explaining to them what is Islam, explaining to them who is Muhammad sallallahu See, the Muslims know. Up till today, most non-Muslims don't know that Muhammad sallallahu is sent to the whole wide world. Hmm. Isa alayhi salam was sent just to the Bani Israel. About, about 50 years after Isa alayhi salam was raised to the heavens, when Paul came and changed the creed of Christianity, and he falsely claimed, so he was basically like an apostle for them, for the, for the present-day Christians, because they follow his creed and that of Constantine, not of Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. And he said, no, Jesus was not sent to the Bani Israel, he was only, he was sent to even the Gentiles. But actually, Muhammad sallallahu is prophesied in their books as that Nabi sent to the whole wide world and sent to the Gentiles, sent to even the, the non-Jews, to the whole world, as it's enshrined in the Quran-i-Kareem repeatedly. So Muhammad sallallahu in that khutbah in Aqsa highlighted the position of his ummah. And from there, he was taken. And he was made the imam. When the Adhan was rendered, subhanAllah, Hazrat Jibreel ushered Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu forward. He's the greatest and the most senior. From all the Anbiya alayhi salam, he is the Imam of the Anbiya alayhi salam, even the Imam of his father, Hazrat Ibrahim and Hazrat Adam alayhi salawatu min Allahi with taslimat. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi was ushered to the heavens. And that amazing journey took place, miraculous. SubhanAllah, in his beautiful Sunnah Gab. This was a miraculous journey taken through the realms of the skies. SubhanAllah, to the heavens where he saw Jannah, he saw Jahannam. SubhanAllah. And he spoke to Allah Ta'ala. And that dialogue is expressed in our Salah. That's why the ulama expressed that Salah is the mi'raj of a mu'min. This is not a hadith, but is, it is a statement of scholars which is pertinent and true. Salah is like mi'raj because we are on this journey, a spiritual journey. Allah give us tawfiq. So this took place in Rajab, alhamdulillah. And interestingly, when the Muslim, Muslims liberated Palestine, 
and Allah Ta'ala preserve Masjid Al-Aqsa and liberate the entire Palestine for the Ummah. When the Ummah liberated Palestine, because Palestine fell from Muslim hands in the year 1099, so approximately 491-1099. And for that period, it was no longer in Muslim hands, it was in the hands of the Crusaders. And at that time, the Fatimite dynasty, who were the Shia, they stabbed the Salajika. The Salajika were the ministry of the Abbasids. They were the, the defenders of the Muslim lands, the Sujuks. They were Turks. They were defending Islam, and the Fatimites just took Palestine from them. And then they write to the Crusaders that, you'll know we work together. You're welcome to take all the lands of Sunnah, but don't take anything from us. That's why you, you may not come to Palestine. But then the Crusaders didn't agree. They took the lands of Sunnah through the backing of the, of the, of the, of the, of the, of the Fatimites, and they then took Palestine also. And the residents of Palestine were Sunnah, were Muslims. So 1099 up to 1187. And then, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala liberated Palestine using and taking the services of an amazing human being, a follower of Janabi Rasulullah, a scholar of deen, a righteous, pious buzruk, he was a man of ilm. He was a man of dhikr. Hmm. He was shafi'i in his madhab. And his teacher, Nuruddin al-Zingi, rahimahullah, was Hanafi and a muhaddith. Anyway, this was none other than Yusuf. Yusuf Salahuddin. And interestingly, Allah made it coincide that he also liberated Palestine in the month Rajab. Alhamdulillah. So this is Allah Ta'ala's mercy. That is some incidents there. While we are mentioning this, there's few other incidents in Rajab, but also I must remind that every one of us as Muslims should make dua. Uh, Marana Sad, can I link it with that incident, of that, that court case today, you know? Gee. Uh, that's mm. taking place. Gee, no problem. Allah reward you, Hazrat Marana. There's a court case that all of you know about. And subhanallah, Allahu Akbar, it's taking, it started yesterday, and from all the countries of the world, Allah has chosen South Africa to stand up for the oppressed. Really, we need to make a lot of shukar, number one. Number two, we have to play our part in charity and dua. Yesterday, the case was, was, was presented forth, and now uh, that how what is taking place in Gaza is total genocide. And subhanAllah, it was presented in such a pertinent, eloquent manner, Allah Ta'ala accept, this This is tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to stand up for the oppressed. Imagine from all countries of the world, a country like South Africa, Allah took work from, how fortunate are we as Muslims? That is why there's so much of, so much of potential. As I was mentioning to Maulana Sahib last week, there was a, a, a politician who I spoke to and invited to Islam. We made his ikram, we invited him to Islam and when I gifted him the Qur'an in Zulu, and then I gave him one in English as well, because I said to him, no, your English is so good. And we had a, a quite a, a lovely discussion. He was so touched. He got up and said to his right-hand man, he says, you know, in my years of meeting so many Muslims and traveling throughout the world, no one has ever gifted me with such a wonderful gift, meaning the Qur'an. He was so touched. The world is yearning. And subhanAllah, as I was traveling yesterday, also I stopped false curve here and there. And now, big, big local people are mentioning this 
court case then and they don't know about it. See, people don't know much. And sadly, up to up till today, so many of the Christians still support the Zionist uh, Israel. Mm. And you and I have to explain to them, talk to them, that why would you support Israelis? Do you know the Jews hate Hazrat Isa alayhi salam? We love Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. We accept him as the Nabi of Allah. We believe in his return. The Quran mentions him as Al-Masih, the Messiah. And he will kill the Antichrist. We have to mention this to them. Don't take it for granted that they know. Like they don't know who is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And who and he is sent for the whole wide world. He is Rahman al-Alami. They don't know that. They don't know. Hazrat Isa alayhi salam and our beliefs concerning Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. So let's be in love of dua today. That Allah Ta'ala defend Haqq and Allah Ta'ala protect Haqq and Allah Ta'ala protect the rights of our suppressed people for so long in Palestine and, Mas- and, and, and Gaza, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Mm. Amen. Jesus, Mama, we were mentioning events that took place in Rajab, so can I mention a few more? Of course. Gee, move this up, you can go ahead. Jazakallah. Something very interesting that also took place in Rajab is the first time Muslims took Islam into Spain, alhamdulillah, was in Rajab 92 Hijri, coinciding with May 7, 11. Alhamdulillah. The Muslims, and the Muslims were Arab and Berber, meaning all Muslims, Muslims unite all nations of people. And they entered Spain together. And the Amir was a non-Arab, Tariq bin Ziyad. So subhanAllah, that event took place in Rajab, alhamdulillah, and in the forthcoming week, we'll discuss more details of that event, inshallah, of how Islam entered Spain, and alhamdulillah, how the local people of Spain were greatly softened to Islam. See, the Christians of North Africa, and this is also interesting for us to know, were very quick to embrace Islam because they were greatly influenced by the efforts of a great Buzruk, and we should remember him, his name was Aryus. Aryus, rahimahullah ta'ala. I mentioned previously, a week or two ago, uh, Constantine. Constantine was the Roman king. And approximately 300 years after Isa, he ruled the Roman kingdom. And the Romans were, 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 were pagans. But because he was influenced by his mother, he became a Christian. But he now wanted to accommodate all religion under his one umbrella. So he tried to create another religion. So this is what Christianity is today. He combined paganism with monotheism. That's why Christianity is no longer monotheism. Up till then, Christianity was still a belief in one Allah. The first change was brought in by Paul, where he said Jesus was sent to the whole world. And, uh, and he brought about the incorrect belief of redemption. That as long as you believe in the blood of Christ that he died for your sins, you don't have to do any good deed. So this was brought about by Paul. But Constantine brought other beliefs. Because he had to unify the, the Greek mythology and the Roman paganism with Christianity, he brought about a triune God. That was similar to their paganism, that God is not one but three. This was brought about by Constantinople. So from then, 
300 years after Isa alayhi salam, this new belief came in that God is not one, but there's three gods, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost or Spirit. And there was a great Muslim who stood up against him, whose name was Aryus, rahimahullah ta'ala. And he was then banished. But then Constantine allowed a debate to take place, and that was the contract in Nicaea, one of the towns in uh, near Constantinople in Turkey today. And that discussion took place where Aryus rahimahullah presented his case about following Isa salam is monotheism. Allah is one. This is what he portrayed. But because Constantine wanted the masses, he refuted the correct teachings of Aryus, and Hazrat Aryus was banished. Anyway, when he was banished, his literature also was burned and so forth, he went into North Africa, and he worked on the people there. And Alhamdulillah, they had still that belief in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Sahaba arrived in those areas, they were very, very quick to embrace Islam due to the efforts of Aryus. And from there we find the hikmat in the statement of Janab Rasulullah wherein he said, فَإِن تَوَلَّيْتَ Nabi Sallallahu said to the Roman Emperor, If you turn away, فَإِنَّ عَلَيْكَ إِسْمَ الْأَرِيسِيِّينَ Upon you will be the sin of Arisijim. Now, there's a discussion under the discussion of Hadith, or the explaining the Hadith, what does Arisijim mean? One meaning is farmers. The sin of the farmers will be upon you. But then the question comes about, Nabi Sallallahu didn't mention this word as farmers when he wrote to the Persian Emperor. And the Persians were more so farmers. But the Romans were more manufacturers and businessmen. So logic would, would demand that farmers would come into that letter. And Nabi Sallallahu's letters were full of repeat with wisdom. So the other suitable meaning, as Mawlana Abul Hassan Rahimahullah mentions, yeah, under Aris, Arisiyin, upon you will be the sin of the Arisiyin, is not farmers but refers to the followers of Aryus, Rahimahullah, Arisikin, Aris, Aryus. Those who Aryus made effort on and due to them, they knew, they know about monotheism and the oneness of Allah, and they know about the finality of Muhammad Wasallam and the final Nabi of Allah to come. Because Nabi Wasallam said, Ana Bushra Isa. I am the fulfillment of the glad tidings, the good news given to you by Isa alayhi salam. My news was given to you. This is in the Quran Kareem, and interestingly, this is in the Bible. Khair, okay, so this is the wisdom why Christians in those areas, alhamdulillah, through the barakah of the efforts of Aryus rahimahullah, were very quick to embrace Islam. And interestingly, we find that Rasulullah sallallahu alludes to him or refers to him as well, attributing. And why uh, the sin of them would be on the, the, the emperor is because Nabi Sallallahu letters was to show the rulers. One is, I'm inviting you to Islam. But the second invitation to you is, accommodate my sahaba and allow them to speak to the masses. So there's two requisites. You should embrace, that's one. Number two, whether you're embracing or not, don't stop and hinder my sahaba from giving dawah to the masses. So we learn today, today Allah has given us that opportunity. That time the kings didn't want their people to embrace. Today we can talk to people openly about Islam. We can invite them. We can tell them, no, I just want, 
Allah Akbar, there's brothers throughout the world, they just stand on the road and they offer people. This is what the Quran is about. I would love to share a message with you. Are you interested? The little you know, you can portray it. You can share it. There's a brother called the Warner, subhanAllah. Every person that goes past, he just invites them. He just invites them. The little he knows, he just he conveys that. You and I can do the little we know. Allah give us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ala nabi alameen. Bi rahmatika ya rahmatika.